The scripture this morning is from Matthew, chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. Please stand for the reading of the message. This is titled, The Commissioning of the Disciples. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. Last week I talked a little bit about Grace and Matthew, who was the person who was pretty much responsible for me saying yes to Suda to come here. And Grace wrote a book some years ago called Words of Fire, Spirit of Grace. And I shared with you that she's from Kenya, and every church I've ever served has heard this particular story. How do we survive juxtaposing our histories with the histories of people who are not like us and do not want to be like us? How do we preach in a manner mindful of layers of exploitation and struggles of different groups of people? How do we live out as a body, not just for some, but for all of God's children? This can only be done by telling the whole story, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. It means allowing others to tell their stories and learning to listen to other people's stories. It's about interrelatedness, how all of us are connected. So I want to share an African story about a rat living in the walls of a farmer's house. One day as the rat was going about its ratty business, it peered through a hole in the wall and saw how the farmer and his wife were opening a package. The rat watched carefully to see what was in that package. Rat could hardly believe his eyes when the farmer and his wife produced a rat trap. Yes, a rat trap! In a panic, the rat called a council of farm animals and in a trembling voice told them that the farmer had bought a rat trap. Over and over he repeated, there's a rat trap in the house! The cow listened, the goat and the chicken listened. Chicken scratched around a little bit and finally said, well, brother rat, I'm standing here thinking to myself, rat trap in the house, so what? I've never heard of a chicken getting caught in a rat trap. I don't see what this has to do with me. It's none of my business. And the chicken walked away, like chickens do. The goat nodded at chicken's words but offered understanding and pity. 
saying, Brother Rat, you take care now. We'll be praying for you, but remember, God loves you. You take care now, you hear? The cow chewed cud for a while, thinking hard, and finally said, it's like, I'm confused, man. Like, why are we here? See what I'm saying? It's like I'm thinking, you know, cows and rats, and I'm like too big to fit in the trap, man. And I figure, duh, that trap's not for me. And the cow walked off. That same night, late, late at night, pop, went the rat trap. And suddenly there's a scream from the farmer's house. Pandemonium breaks out. A snake had crawled into the rat trap. The farmer's wife had reached over and the snake had bitten her. Farmer rushed the wife to the hospital. Sad, sad story. The wife died. Farmer came home in shock. And you know how it is. People in shock must be given fresh chicken soup. The following day, neighbors and relatives gathered at the farmer's house to comfort him. Farmer gave permission for the goat to be slaughtered for dinner. On the day of the funeral, there were so many people, and the only way to feed them was for the farmer to give permission for beef stew on rice to be served, and all because of a rat trap. Sisters and brothers, if you hear of rat traps in the house, don't pause to whether, to, as to whether it has anything to do with you. Shootings in schools, there's a rat trap in the house. Murder of George Floyd, there's a rat trap in the house. Starvation in our own country, there's a rat trap in the house. Homelessness, hopelessness, there is a rat trap in the house. So Jesus tells us stories all about us, God's family. Parables without labels and titles, without obvious signs telling us how to read the story. So whatever our background, whatever our tastes and affiliations, Jesus tells stories to allow each one of us to find our own meanings. Let those who have ears hear. So today we're talking about connection. And in our denomination, connection is one of those words that we talk about how we are connected through our denomination. But I'd like to carry that one step further and talk about the fact that we're connected to people throughout the world because we're human. Because we are people who care about what happens no matter where they are or who they worship. I worry sometimes that we allow our denominational divides to separate us and we forget all about Jesus in the mix. Our denomination, once again, is talking about a split. This isn't news. For those of us who've been around a while, we haven't seen a split in a few years, but I remember when we united with the EUB church. I remember that. I wasn't terribly old and I wasn't Methodist, but I remember when it happened. We are a people 
who cannot live side by side because we do not like to honor differences. I can't even imagine a world where everybody walked in lockstep like puppets. Any of you ever seen those movies where you've got like the Stepford wives that all do the same thing at the same time and they're boring? We are people who have been given gift, different gifts and different ways of living to enrich the whole. I really am deeply, deeply saddened about this split in our denomination, which I believe will happen. I'm not sure exactly what it will look like, but I do believe it will happen. I was not born Methodist. I was baptized a Lutheran and raised in the United Church of Christ and became a Methodist by default when my parents moved right after I graduated from high school. The family transferred their membership and I sort of tagged along. When I got married, the Methodist church was the only church in town and it was three doors down. It was like I could roll out of bed and roll into church all in one single move. It was very convenient. But when I went to seminary, I was given choices. And people were asked, do they want, it was a Methodist seminary, but they were asked, do you want to be a Methodist pastor or would you like to be Unitarian or Disciples of Christ or UCC or Presbyterian? There were choices, which I didn't know you had those choices. I found it quite amazing. But I chose the United Methodist Church because of the social principles. I chose this denomination because it stands for something. I chose this denomination because it belonged to more than just a narrow group of people. Now I do understand that there are other denominations that have done some things way better than we have. And I also know that there are denominations who are way, way far behind us. But I do believe that whatever happens to our denomination, we will always be connected to other people. We will always be a global church, regardless of what somebody else says they're going to be. We'll co-opt that name of global Methodist church. It kind of means that we're not, and that's not true. I have way too many friends in other places to think that we can survive on our own. We need one another in ways that we cannot even imagine right now. Our denomination is not going to die, but our denomination may change. And regardless of what you think, change is not always terrible. Change can be a really good thing. I've lived this change several times now. Every time a pastor moves, there's a tremendous amount of change that happens in their lives. Every time a pastor takes a new parish, you think you're coming with lots of knowledge, but you're not, because it's a clean slate all over again and you start from ground zero. So 
those of you who are afraid that I'm turning you upside down, I'm probably not going to do that. But I'm going to tweak you a bit. I'm going to show you that this denomination is important. I'm going to speak to you about the fact that this is really important for us to embrace our denomination and embrace one another in our differences. Just as I said to the children, we can't do this if we're all doing the same thing. And we also can't do this if we think we're the only ones that are important. Now, some of you think that the pastor is the shepherd. I am no shepherd, my friends. We have a shepherd. We have a wonderful shepherd. It's called the Good Shepherd. It's Jesus. I have been enlisted as your sheepdog. And those of you who know sheepdogs know that they very often look like they're running in circles. But in fact, they're trying to get the herd to go in right one direction. Now, my daughter has, has had a sheepdog. And aside from the fact that the dog could wear out anybody, the dog would very often nip at the heels or at the hindquarters of other dogs that it was trying to herd to go to a certain place. And that is my role. I may nip at you a bit, but I promise I won't take a chunk. If we are going to stay connected, not just to one another, but to the wider denomination and the wider community of faith, to connect with the people of God, we have to remember what Jesus said when he commissioned his disciples. He didn't say, go and make disciples of the people who look just like you. Or go and make disciples of those people who think the way you do. He said, go and make disciples of all nations, which assumes that people are going to be different. They're going to look different they're going to speak differently, and they're going to think differently. So be aware that I'm going to push a little bit outside of your comfort zone. Because when we get comfortable, we get lazy. And when we get lazy, we get stagnant. And when we get stagnant, we die. So. We need to be about doing what Jesus told us to do. And I don't believe we do make disciples. I believe we create an environment where disciples are made by Jesus. But if people don't know Jesus, they will never become a disciple. me talking about Jesus a lot, and I do, and I've been criticized for that. I had one person tell me once, I'd come to church more often if you didn't talk about Jesus so much. But Jesus is at the foundation of who we are, and we can't forget that. Jesus is the thread that connects us together. So let us remember that we're connected whether we want We are the people of God. Amen.